0: Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number four. I hope you all made it through the time change this past weekend and so far so good for me. uh, I'm in northeast Florida and it's actually warming up, it's almost 70 degrees today, so... Wanted to get this podcast out of the way early to get out and enjoy some of the day, and I hope you get to do the same wherever you are. And this week's episode is all about essential WordPress plugins for your websites. And I may touch on some themes towards the end as well. But this episode came from my man Jeff, who is an email subscriber. And I sent an email to all my subscribers on Friday and asked them if they were having any challenges or anything I can assist with and see if they had any suggestions for upcoming posts or podcast episodes. And Jeff came through for me and said he would like to hear about uh, WordPress plugins and if I had any uh, recommendations for themes. And uh, that's why I'm doing this episode today. So thanks a lot, Jeff. And thanks also for my very first five-star review on iTunes. Woo-woo! I appreciate it, Jeff, and the review said, informative and actionable. This podcast is perfect for noobs like me. Keep them coming. So I really appreciate that, Jeff. That's huge. Tells me I'm doing something right, and that's actually how Jeff found my site was through the podcast, so that's awesome as well. So thanks again, Jeff, and uh, let's get started on today's episode. So, as far as WordPress plugins go, every time I create a new site, there's a core set of plugins that I always install on all my sites, and that's primarily what I'm going to talk about today, and I may throw in a couple extra that I install depending on the type of site that I'm building. One quick caveat that I wanted to mention is that when you do install plugins, you want to make sure you don't go overboard. You don't want to install a lot of superfluous plugins that you're not necessarily going to use, so... Make sure that anything you're installing is definitely something that's adding features or functionality to your site and not just fluff because the more plugins that you have, the slower your site can potentially be and since speed and performance is of the utmost importance, you want to minimize those where you can but um, I haven't noticed any performance decrease. Adding the particular plugins that I install, and actually, I've noticed a performance increase because later on I will mention one of the performance related plugins. So, just wanted to mention that up front before we get started. So, first off, there's a couple of things that you want to set up right away that you need for the functionality of your site. For instance, an SEO plugin is something you'll want to install initially, an XML sitemap plugin. Uh, Google Analytics is something you want to enable, and things like that. So things you'll definitely want on every site you have. So let's get started with the first one being the All in One SEO Pack, or the WordPress SEO by Yoast. So there's two primarily plugins that a lot, two primary plugins, sorry, that uh, most people use, and it's either one of those two plugins and I'll tell you up front I don't use either but there's a main reason for that I have the thesis theme and I'm using the older thesis theme which is the 1.8 theme from thesis and that has all of the features of either one of those plugins for the most part all built in right into the theme so I don't need to use either one of these but what I did use prior to utilizing that theme was the all-in-one SEO pack And that basically just adds some fields to your posts where you can specify a specific description, which you can SEO optimize. You have meta fields, keyword tags, things like that, that um, you can add to each of your posts manually. So it has a lot of built-in things. Either plugin is great from what I heard. I did a quick search before I did this podcast episode and there's a lot of different reviews and the bottom line is some people prefer one some people prefer the other and the primary reasons i saw were the all-in-one SEO pack has a couple less features but because of that some people found it easier to use it's less cluttered there's less things to worry about and the wordpress SEO by yoast was a more user-friendly plugin he has a tour when you install the plugin there's a video tour i believe that walks you through a lot of it so Try out either one, you may have a preference as one over the other, but don't install both. As long as you install one of those, you'll be, you know, better off than half the people out there that don't install the plugins. So, definitely check out either the All-in-One SEO Pack or the WordPress SEO by Yoast. Either one you can't go wrong. And the next one I have is the Google XML Sitemaps plugin and what that does is it sets up a google sitemap which google uses to rank your site and list all of your index pages and that's how it finds what new posts and what um, total posts you have on your site that's definitely something you want and this automates that process for you and anytime that you publish a new post on your site it will automatically send details out to google yahoo bing major search engine providers and let them know that you have a new post out there. So that'll help to get your pages and your site ranked more quickly. And it's pretty much just install, enable, and you're good to go. So that's that's a great plugin. And the next one that I utilize is something called Google Analyticator. And what that does is uh, once you set up your Google Analytics account, which is a free account, you can sign up um, just search for Google Analytics and then go ahead and create your account. When you do that and you install this Google Analyticator plugin, it will have you log to google your Google account through the plugin itself, and then it'll have a drop down where you can grab your particular Google Analytics account. If you have multiple accounts for multiple sites, they'll all be listed there after you log in. But if you just have the one, you'll just see that one in there you can select that, and then that will enable it and what that allows you to do. Is go to Google Analytics and see your website stats and see, you know, SEO terms people use to find your site through Google, what pages they go to, how long they're on page, that sort of statistical data that you definitely want for your website. So be sure to set up all these plugins initially on your site. Um, because you want to get them going up and running from the start. That way you have all the, the most amount of relevant data, you know, right from the beginning. So definitely that's one plugin you want to install. There's multiple other plugins out there that do something similar, but Google Analyticator is the one that I use. So that's what I'm listing off here, primarily the ones that I use today. And the next one that I have listed is a Limit Login Attempts plugin. And that was something that I found recently and it was on a uh, post on somebody's website that i follow and what that does is it if people are trying to log into your website to hack in and you know just give brute force attacks where somebody will try you know default passwords like admin 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 password things like that it will go out there and lock those people from being able to do that so right out of the box if they have four invalid login attempts it will lock that lock that person's attempt from being able to get to your site for 20 minutes. And then if there's four of those such attacks in a single day, it will lock them out for several days. So it's an I believe it's an IP address-based block. So wherever that person was trying to hack into your website, they won't be able to easily do so. So that that's great for preventing break-ins and things of that nature. And another thing, just a quick tip that I do when I set up any WordPress site through my um, web host, which is Web Hosting Hub, they have a cPanel interface that where you set up your um, WordPress site. And what I do is I change the default login from admin to something else. So that's a key uh, suggestion that I have. And most people probably don't do that, but that's an easy way to prevent people from being able to hack into your site. If you know, primarily, I find when I looked at my limit login attempts log today, right before doing this podcast that the majority of the people that were trying to hack into the site were using admin since that's the default, which makes sense. So if you change your default login from something other than admin, which should be relatively easy to do depending on your web host and your setup, that probably will prevent 90% of the invalid login attempts. So just that suggestion and having that limit login attempts plug in are, uh, go a long way to you know preventing people from getting into your site. Another pesky issue that you have to deal with is spam comments, and you will get a ton of them, thousands of them most likely. So what you're going to want to have is an anti-spam plugin, and Akismet is the one that I use, and that's the one most people use as well. And that actually does prevent thousands of spam comments. You'll be shocked once you get some content up there. The amount and the weirdness of these comments, um, they are typically very broken English, and some of them go on I for thousands of words. I have so many you know, spam comments in there, but the good thing about Akismet is you hardly ever see them, so it definitely is worth its weight in gold. So Akismet is definitely something you'll want to enable for your site to prevent you from getting all those spam comments posted, so that's a great plug-in. And then from there, I want to go into data integrity. So once you have your site up, you have a bunch of content, you're going to definitely want to make sure you're backing up your site on a regular basis. Because once you do install plugins, um, additional plugins that might meet specific needs you have outside of these main plugins I'm going to mention, you may run into issues with your site where a particular plugin conflicts with something else and your site isn't working how it, you know, you had planned. And the more plugins and the more things you customize on your site, it may be difficult to figure out what exactly broke your site. If it's, you know, you install the new plugin and your site broke right after, that's obvious. You know, just disable that plugin, potentially contact the support from that plugin. And, you know, generally they'll be able to give you a fix or you'll find something in a forum online where you can fix it and figure out what your issue is. But... Sometimes it's best to just, you know, revert back to a particular backup you had before you made any major changes. And that's always good to have and it's best to have that backup stored somewhere else if you can. It's okay to have it installed in your hosting account or locally on your PC or your Mac depending on, um, you know, what platform you're using, but it's also best to have a backup stored somewhere else. Such as Dropbox or some sort of cloud storage. And what I use for backups and restores is Uf- Updraft Plus Backup and Restore, and that's a great one. That has full integration with Dropbox and other online um, storage places. And what you can do is, once you install and configure that, all you have to do is click a button, and you can manually either manually back up your site, your entire site, certain portions of your site. It allows you to granular, granularly back up your WordPress database, your website, certain portions of your site, etc. So it's really customizable and right out of the box, it's really easy. I just typically do a full manual backup you know, if if I'm about to install any plugins or make any changes to my site, I always do a full backup prior. And one good thing about this plugin is it has the ability to automatically backup your site at certain intervals. intervals. So it can be at a daily basis, weekly basis, you know, just set it and forget it. And your backups will be stored either locally on your hosting account or wherever you specify in addition. So it's a great set it and forget it type of plugin. And absolutely make sure you have a backup plugin installed and configured and it's if you have the plugin that's great but you need to absolutely make sure you're backing up on a regular basis and i find that it would probably be best to automate that and just tell it to automate the backup so that it runs at a specific interval and you never have to worry about it so that is another great plugin the next plugin is performance related you want to make sure your website performs at its best And there's two plugins that I see recommended all over the place. And they are W3 Total Cache and WP Super Cache. Two separate plugins. You don't want both. You would only want one installed. And the one I ended up going with myself was W3 Total Cache. And basically it's another one of those install, set it up, and it just does what it's supposed to. And what that does is basically speeds up your site and cuts down the load on your site as well. And especially if you're running on a shared host where there's hundreds of other servers on there, it's always best to make sure that your site is performing it, you know, the best it possibly can. And I will also link to my web host has some particular settings that they recommend that may not be a hundred percent relevant for whatever depending on what specific web host that you utilize. But I'll link to that in the show notes as well as all of these um, plugins. I'll list them all there as well and. Those settings may help you if you have no idea how to get started or what settings to choose for that. There's a ton of information online. If you just search for either of those plugins, you'll find a ton of different ways to customize them, but the settings that I used from my web host are what I'll link for you, so if, if you have no suggestions on where to get started with that plugin, that'll definitely help you out, and I found that The load on my server actually went down when I checked my usage graphs, went down the the bars that go up and down on the graphs went down almost half, which because of it's caching a lot of the data. So sometimes when anybody goes via browser to your website, it'll cache a lot of that data so it doesn't have to go to the server for every single request that it's going to. It'll cache a lot of that data in your browser for you, which speeds it up and cuts down on the, you know, different calls to your actual website. And that will speed up your load times as well. And and Google really is placing an emphasis on average speed Page speed load times. So, if your page speed, you know, you know if, if it takes like four seconds for someone to load up a web page on your site, and somebody else has a similar website that it takes only one second, they're going to rank those pages that are much quicker and those sites that are much quicker higher in Google. That's definitely um, calculates into their page rank. So, definitely something you want to be aware of. And one of those caching plugins definitely will help you. Increase your performance without needing to really know anything behind the scenes. You know, you don't have to tweak actual HTML code or know a whole lot about coding. Install the plugin, enable it, set it, and forget it. So that's another great plugin to have. And these next couple plugins relate to social interaction. And the first one that I mentioned that I utilize is WP Socializer. And if you go to any of my posts and if you scroll towards the bottom, you'll see the social media buttons there where you can share it on Facebook, Twitter, and things like that. That comes from the WP Socializer plugin. And I chose that just specifically because I like the look and feel of it. I like the icons and you can customize the size of the icons, which particular icons you have there. So again, this is another one of those things where you can find maybe, you know, 10, 15 different plugins that do this. But I like this particular one and I saw a lot of people that I follow use it as well. So, so far so good. And the next one is I something that is kind of a pet peeve of mine. I found that This was something I didn't have enabled, and which was interesting to me because this is something that I like to see on any site, and I realized I didn't even have it on mine up until three months ago, so this is something you definitely want to enable, and what this does is it's the Jetpack plugin from WordPress, and basically the only feature that I'm using out of this plugin, which has a lot of great features, you might want to check it out for a lot of the other things that it provides, but this particular plugin, I use it for the subscribe to comments feature. And if you go into the plugin in the settings, you'll see that in there. And what this basically does is anytime anyone leaves a comment on your site, it gives them a checkbox. They can click to subscribe to comments. So if there are any future comments on the site, for instance, if you leave a comment and then somebody replies to your comment or there's a comment left after yours, With that checkbox there, you'll automatically get an email anytime anybody leaves a comment. So I find that's great. If I leave a comment on somebody's site and I'm, you know, saying something or asking something and somebody else is going to comment after me, I may completely forget where that post was. I may completely forget to go back and check and see if anybody responds afterwards. And this feature allows you to automatically get an email notification so that you know exactly where the comment is and you can go right back to that page directly. So that's definitely something if you don't have enabled, I would recommend you do so because it you know definitely increases interaction and makes it easier for the user, which is key. So definitely install that feature and enable that. And another one along these same lines as far as social interaction goes is the Enrelate Related Content Plugin, and that's spelled N-R-E-L-A-T-E, N-Relate, Related Content. And that I also have enabled, which you'll see below each post that I have, and that basically links to Related Posts on your site. So if somebody just finished reading a com- or a post about keyword research, there may be other related keyword research related posts right underneath there. So that's a great way, especially if somebody's new to the site and they just came across one particular article. If they see other related articles, they're a lot more likely to click on those and stay on your site longer, which also contributes to Google PageRank and um, just gives you more link juice, better rankings, and better user experience, and um, I found that this particular plugin really does a good job. I used it on my Blogger blog prior to installing it on my WordPress sites, and it really does a good job of producing posts on there that are relevant. So there's a couple other ones out there. I've used two or three other ones, and I found that Either the presentation of those posts or the actual content in those posts wasn't as relevant, so I would definitely recommend going with NRelate. It's a great little plugin. And the last one that I think is really essential, especially if you're an affiliate marketer or you link to any particular products, is Pretty Link Lite. And that is one. There's another one, a similar one that's called Redirection, but I wouldn't recommend that one because it is not updated. It hasn't been updated in a long time. And another thing, another key feature, anytime you install a plugin, if you see that that particular plugin hasn't been updated in two or more years, I would steer clear of it because a lot of times you'll find that plugins may over time not work with later versions of WordPress and WordPress has been sending out a lot of updates recently. So it's key that the plugin creators actually stay up to date on a lot of the new features in WordPress. So, that's why I wouldn't recommend Redirection, even though that's another one I see other people use. Pretty Link Lite has always been kept up to date, and it's a it really just works so well. It's one of those plugins that just does exactly what it does. It doesn't do much of anything else, but it does it so well. It's just one of those plugins that you never really think about. It just always works how you want it to, and what that allows you to do is, for instance, I have an affiliate link to Market Samurai, for example. So if you go to nichesitetools.com forward slash Market Samurai, that is actually a pretty link, which actually links behind the scenes to the um, affiliate link for Market Samurai, which is like noblesamurai.com forward slash blah, 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 which takes you to a really long, ugly URL. And that just basically creates a better user experience so that when someone clicks on your links, it looks a lot better. And it's more likely to result in conversions and click-throughs rather than, you know, really long. You know, they could be very convoluted with lots of special characters. And some of, uh, like, GoDaddy affiliate links typically are, you know, 40 to 50 characters of just, you know, encrypted text, which just looks terrible, you know, to your reader. So... Pretty Link Lite is a way to clean that up. And it's also nice, for instance, when I create uh, my podcast episodes, they have a longer URL for the actual post itself. But what I do using Pretty Link Lite is that I create a pretty link for that. So each podcast episode, if you go to nichesitetools.com forward slash the number one, number two, number three, or for instance, for this episode, it'll be forward slash the number four. That is a pretty link, which just links directly to whatever the full podcast um, post and episode is. So that's an easy way to point your uh, readers to particular content or particular posts. For instance, I have nichesitetools.com forward slash start, which takes you to my start page, start here page, which basically has a list of um, all the different items that I think would be a good place to get started if you're brand new to the site. So there's a lot of different reasons you can utilize uh, Pretty Link Lite, even if you're not an affiliate. So um, you can link to resources, for instance, forward slash resources is where my resources page is and things like that. So it's a a good way to give someone a short URL to something that may have a much longer, more difficult to remember um, title. So that's another great plugin to have. That list kind of encompasses the majority of the plugins that I install on every one of my sites and I recommend you do uh, something similar. So you may choose a different particular plugin that accomplishes that task, but um, you can't go wrong with selecting all of those that I mentioned there and just install those and uh, you're off and running. And I'll also mention a couple of additional plugins that I utilize depending on the type of site that I'm creating. And One of those is called Comment Love. It's spelled C-O-M-M-E-N-T-L-U-V, all one word. And what that allows is anytime anyone leaves a comment on your site, if you have Comment Love enabled, that provides them the ability to link to a specific post on their own website. It's typically the last post that you've created on your website. And there are some advanced settings where you can allow them to link to any one of their last 10 posts, which is what I have enabled on my site here. And if you go to any of my posts and leave a comment, it'll give you the option if you check the comment love box and you have your own website that you specify there, it'll automatically go to your RSS feed and grab your most recent 10 articles on my particular site or on most sites, it's just the last published article on your site. And so that's providing some link juice back to your site. So I I figure if you're going to take the time to post on my site, I might as well make it worth your while and give you some extra link juice that goes directly to a particular post on your site. So that if somebody's just scrolling through the comments, they may see the headline for that particular post on your site and think it sounds interesting and click over to your site, giving you more traffic to your site. So that's something that I just like, because I like to leave comment love, I'm sorry, comment love links on other people's sites as well. So for affiliate sites, I actually go out of my way to search for those types of sites. Because if you have articles on your affiliate sites that are related to the particular posts you're commenting on, that's a great way to get more eyes on your site and get more traffic to your affiliate site. So, I particularly go out of my way to search for sites that provide those links. So, you may get some additional traffic if anyone is doing the same. So, that's just a cool little additional free plugin. They do have a premium version as well, but uh, I haven't needed to install the premium version. I'm just using the free version for that. So, that's a cool little plugin. And one additional plugin that I utilize is the Optin Skin plugin from Glenn Allstop, author of ViperChill.com. And what that plugin is, is a tool to collect email subscriptions. It's an opt in form plugin. And if you check out any of my posts, you'll see that uh, blue opt in box at the bottom for collecting email subscriptions. And that's the plugin I utilize for that. Again, that's opt in skin. And that is a premium plugin, and basically, it increases email conversions and makes it really easy to add the opt in form to any of your posts. I have it set up that it automatically adds that form to any of my blog posts automatically without needing to do anything. And then, if I have any particular pages on my site as opposed to posts, I'll just manually add the short code to those pages and include it there as well. So that's been a great plugin, I really like it. it. If even if you don't utilize a particular premium plugin like that, make absolutely sure that you collect email subscribers in some way. That is of huge importance especially when you're just starting out and this is something that a lot of people fall short of. Myself included, Pat Flynn included as well, on a recent askpat.com podcast episode, someone asked him if there was anything he would do differently if he was starting over now. And overwhelmingly, he said, absolutely. He would collect email subscribers from the start. And he had his lead um, Green Exam Academy website where he helps people pass the lead exam. And he said he never collected email addresses from the start. I think it was about a year's time before he collected email addresses. And he said he made the same mistake on a smartpassiveincome.com website, not collecting email addresses for over a year on that site as well. So that is something that I did incorrectly as well. So initially when you're just starting out and creating content, you know, there's probably not a lot of interaction, not a lot of people and visits to your site, but you never know when someone might, um, you know, be there. Well, you do know if you check your Google Analytics stats, but I mean, if you're not collecting, not checking your stats off and you might not know how many people are there, how long they're there and what they're doing there, but you definitely want to collect those email addresses for a couple of reasons. Primarily what I'm finding is that my email subscriber list is so important because it allows you to interact with people and, you know, query people directly. Like for instance, I I emailed everyone on my list personally on Friday to see if there was any challenges they had, like I already mentioned, and see if there was anything that They would want to, you know, see on the blog, on the podcast, and that's, you know, this particular episode is a direct result of that interaction on email. And another reason for an email subscriber list that you might not think of. I remember when Pat Flynn's website went down for, I think it was at least a day or two, and during that time, nobody, you know, normally you would have no way to communicate with someone if your website is completely inaccessible, your web host goes down or something, and there's no way to even put up a maintenance page or anything like that, you still have a way to reach a lot of your subscribers and say, hey, you know, my site's down. Bear with me. We're working on it. We'll get it back up. And that's exactly what Pat Flynn did. And that's why social media is great as well. So if you're not already on my email subscriber list, Facebook page or Twitter page, I would encourage you to join up there. I'd really appreciate it. You can go to nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe to get on the email list where you will instantly receive my free top 10 killer keyword brainstorming tips, which is great for if you don't have ideas on what to create a niche site around. That's a great way to come up with particular topics to start with. And that's still a list that I utilize, and I just updated it over to the weekend. Um, So that's a great little resource that you'll get for free when you subscribe to my site instantly. So you'll get an email with that link um, directly. And the tool I use for email subscriptions is MailChimp. And the reason I use that over Aweber, which a lot of people use, is that it's absolutely free. So that's the great part, especially when you're just starting out, you're going to want to try to limit your costs. And free is for me, as I like to say. And that includes up to 2,000 email subscribers and also includes 12,000 individual emails per month that you can send out in total. So when you're just starting out, obviously 2,000 email subscribers and 12,000 emails per month is an awful lot. So I don't foresee hitting that anytime in the very near future. So that's great that you don't have to worry about incurring any monthly fees. If you were to go with Aweber, it's a dollar for the first month and then it's $19 per month after that. So it's kind of cost prohibitive, especially for someone just starting out. And what that allows you to do with MailChimp is that I have the fully automated RSS to email, so anytime I submit a new blog post, it automatically sends everyone on my email subscriber list a new email listing that post details. And also, I can send individual emails or campaigns, as they call it, to everybody on my list. The only thing that you cannot do on the free plan is set up an autoresponder series. So if you wanted to send out a series of emails to your subscribers on like a weekly basis, you know, send them a new email series every week, that you would have to pay for. And I believe it's $10 per month in order to sign up for the autoresponder feature. Or you can actually pay as you go. I think it's something like $0.03 per email. Per subscriber, but um, you can check out their different plans. I'll link to them if you go to nichesitetools.com forward slash MailChimp, and you'll get the full details. And if you do sign up through my affiliate link, You'll get a $30 credit, and I will as well, but that doesn't kick in until you um, sign up for a paid plan. Actually, we would both have to be on a paid plan, and since I'm not on a paid plan, and you probably would not be for any time soon, there's really no need for you necessarily to sign up through my affiliate link, but hey, down the road, maybe we'll uh, both upgrade to the paid plan when we have millions of subscribers, and you'll get an extra 30 bucks. so why not? But... Um, at any rate, it's a great program, and I've utilized their support function via chat a couple of times, and they've been great. They're you know really super friendly, and they get back to me within, let's <clears throat> say, 15 seconds or so. You may have to wait to hook up with a chat agent, but... After that, they're really super helpful and uh, resolve your issues really quickly. And the interface is great. And from what I hear, people that utilize AWeber and have utilized MailChimp as well, the interface and features and functionality are really similar. So it's really great that you can get a really full-featured email package, all absolutely free. And obviously their goal is once you do expand your business and you you go beyond the needs of the 2,000 subscribers and the 12,000 individual emails, or if you need the autoresponder portion, obviously they're hoping you will pay down the road and once you've already, you know, hooked up through them that uh, that would make it much easier for you to start paying down the road, so that's, that's a great thing. And the um, one of the great other features is that if you have an existing list, say you've utilized FeedBurner or something else for email subscribers, you can export them from your FeedBurner feed and then import them directly into MailChimp and life is good, you just continue on. The thing with AWeber is if you want to do the same thing, everybody on your email list, if you do have an existing list, would have to resubscribe so that can be somewhat prohibitive if you do have an existing list that you'd want to import into either MailChimp or Aweber. MailChimp allows you to do that with absolutely not no um, requirement that your subscribers resubscribe so that is another Added bonus, and I did have like a add a small list of about ten people, and I didn't want to have to resend, uh, get them to resubscribe basically. So with Mailchimp, you can either individually do that, add a new subscriber that way, or you can also import via CSV file or something similar. So that's another great bonus with uh, Mailchimp, and uh, like I said, it's absolutely free. So there's uh, no obligation to get started and cool thing with that, too, is I have, when you subscribe to my list, you'll automatically get my keyword brainstorming guide, and that is not considered an autoresponder. That's considered a welcome message, so that's absolutely free, too. So that was another reason I went with MailChimp. That's definitely something I wanted to do, and uh, that feature is available, and that part is free, too, so it's really cool. Definitely check it out. And if you're not already on our Facebook page, that's facebook.com forward slash niche site tools and twitter.com forward slash niche site tools. And on those particular pages, I usually try to put unique content. So I'm not linking to the same content on Facebook and Twitter, unless it's particularly if I'm trying to highlight a particular post. But even then, I don't do that very often. So on Twitter, Pretty much I'll just retweet other people's posts that they link to which I find interesting or I'll try to give you some quotes or um, link to articles from other people that I follow. And on Facebook, what I'll also do is I'll try to put some inspirational quotes and things to keep you motivated and keep you going. So I try to put unique content on each um, particular platform and a lot of times it's not going to be stuff you're going to hear on the podcast or the blog because it's you know not enough content to... Produce a full post or a full podcast episode about it. But for instance, I just recently linked to a uh, Chris Guthrie was having a launch on Friday. It started Friday and it continued over the weekend where he was providing all of his plugins as a subscription service for $27 a month. And if you signed up Um, over the weekend for anybody that attended his free webinar. You also got a 30 minute free consultation with him directly to go over any of your sites, offer suggestions on how you can um, increase interaction, increase monetization, anything particularly you want to talk about for 30 minutes that was provided as part of that launching bonus. And I mentioned that on the Facebook page. So the only way you would have necessarily known about that would be to follow along on Facebook. So that was a cool little thing and something I signed up for, by the way. So I actually downloaded all the plugins that he has, and I'm part of his mem- um, charter membership for that. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And you could check it out. I think after this weekend, I don't think he'll be giving away the free 30-minute consultation, but you can check it out, full details, and see. I'm not an affiliate for that. I don't know much about it other than it's a basically an online forum type of situation where you can check out all the plugins and offer suggestions, and he will publish an additional plugin every month for that twenty-seven dollar monthly fee. You'll get access to all of his plugins he has now. Which Easyazon is one that I already had and I utilized from him. There is a couple of other ones that uh, he lists on his site, and he's planning to create a brand new plugin every month that helps users with you know monetization or any particular request that you have. You request it, um, he'll add it to his list and then they'll work on creating plugins, a new one every month. And for me, I just wanted to make sure I have access to all of his plugins now and I particularly wanted that free consultation with him for 30 minutes. I wanted to kind of step outside my comfort zone, get some help on my site, see if he has any suggestions so that I can help take my own things to the next level to help you guys out as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. I have my consultation with him this coming Friday, so I'll definitely let you guys know how that goes and see what kind of action items we hopefully have as a result of that. But kind of went off on a tangent there. But that's you know the kind of content that I'm going to provide on either Facebook or Twitter that You know, not necessarily lend itself to a whole post, but quick blurbs, timely blurbs, things of a timely nature that you might want to take advantage of, things like that. So it's definitely worthwhile for you to either like the Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and um, you'll get some good actionable content and uh, cool stuff over there. So that would be great. And one other plugin that I came across when I was doing research for this podcast episode is something I was unaware of and it's called WP Touch Mobile. And what that does is when your listeners or readers come to your website via mobile browser, it optimizes your site for their particular mobile platform. And it does so without making any changes to your existing code or themes. And basically, when somebody comes from a mobile platform, they'll automatically get a mobile optimized version of your site. And I installed it really quick and just enabled it. And um, because I have the W3 Total Cache plugin, there's a couple of changes that I would have to make in order to get it to work with that particular plugin. But I disabled my W3 Total Cache plugin really quickly. And it looks pretty cool. It um, definitely optimizes your posts for the mobile platform, and the text is nice and big. And it makes it really easy to read your posts. And with so many people moving to mobile platforms to do their browsing, I definitely think that's something I'm going to take a look at and I may like to enable that for my site. So if I do, I may have a couple of you check it out and see what you think on the mobile platform and see if you like it better. And I may like to utilize that. So that might be something you want to check out too. Again, it's called WP Touch Mobile. And also, Jeff had asked about particular themes and I don't have a lot of experience with multiple themes. I basically find that Once I find something I like, I kind of want to stick with it because if you tend to stray and go from one thing to the next, you'll get bogged down in details of learning new products and you'll get sidetracked. So I try to stick with something once I get started. And the one I've been sticking with all along so far on my niche site adventures is the thesis theme. And I'm actually on thesis 1.8. And that is the older version of Thesis. There's a new 2.0 version that I haven't checked out. If you do purchase the Thesis theme, the um, the 1.8 version, you're not necessarily automatically getting an update. In this particular case, it's a complete overhaul, so I would have to purchase the Thesis 2.0 theme, and I haven't done that. You know, the one I have works fine. I'm used to it. It has a lot of um, SEO optimization features built in, like I mentioned at the start of the show. So it does not require that you have an additional SEO plugin. Everything is built right in. So I'm, it's what I'm used to. I'm not necessarily saying it's the probably the best plugin out there. It's the best for what I do because I know it. But um, as far as design elements and features and skins that you can add to it, I haven't dug real deep into that, but I just like it for its out-of-the-box SEO features, which was, it was recommended by Pat Flynn way back, Mark Mason, and people that I followed at the time when I got started. So it's, it has served me well. I continue to use it on all of my sites, so it might be something you want to check out. And again, I'll link to that in the show notes, but the the, uh, affiliate link for that is nichelighttools.com forward slash thesis and see if it meets your needs. The other primary one that a lot of folks utilize that I see online is the Genesis theme. So thesis and Genesis compete directly with each other, and I'm sure they have different features and different functionality that may appeal to you depending on what you're trying to do. So in reality, you really don't need a theme when you're just starting out. You, there's built-in WordPress themes um, that I haven't utilized myself, but WordPress itself comes with a default theme. So you don't need to purchase a premium theme when you're just getting started, especially you know, experiment with the one that comes with WordPress, and I'm sure there's a lot of other free themes as well. Again, I've all of my experience for the most part has been with the thesis theme, so that's where the majority of my knowledge is, and so far I'm sticking with that. I definitely wouldn't be opposed to changing my theme. I would like to add, uh, change the look and feel of my site a bit. You know, it, it's very, I find that um, some of my followers have said that they like my site because it's kind of minimalist and it's clean So there isn't a whole lot of, um, you know, graphics and things of that nature to clutter things. So it focuses on content. People can see the content quickly, navigate well, and, you know, get to the content they're looking for without a lot of fluff. But I would like to you know my my forte isn't graphic design so as far as logo creation you probably could tell that based on my site but you know as far as logo creation creativity and you know using a lot of graphics that's not my strong point so i wouldn't be opposed to actually utilizing a theme that had more um, ability right within the box to utilize more graphics and to kind of change the look and feel to a more modern look so i'm definitely not opposed to utilizing um, themes if your budget allows for it, but I wouldn't spend a lot of effort up front with a theme. You know, don't, don't, don't worry about spending a ton of money on that up front. And I would instead focus your efforts on your content and any training programs you might want to get started on creating your site that would, you know, help accelerate your progress. So And that pretty much covers everything in regards to the essential plugins I think you should have on all of your sites as well as some additional suggested plugins and briefly touching on themes there real quick towards the end. So I hope that answers Jeff's question and covers everything he was looking to have accomplished as far as plugins and themes goes. And if anyone has any suggestions as well for posts or upcoming podcast episodes, please leave a message in the show notes, or I'm sorry, a comment in the show notes, or send me an email to chris at tools.com. As you can see, they will most likely be featured on the show here as I'm trying to create whatever content you guys want to hear. So it's all about you guys and anything you want covered, I am more than happy to Um, take care of for you. So thanks for listening today and I hope you have a great week.